0: Can we give Him a praise before we're seated? Amen. He's worthy all the time. All the time He's worthy. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning if you're like. Oh God, you're good. If you didn't know, today is Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday, some people, they... uh, they squirm when they hear the word Pentecost. It's because of lack of understanding and a lack of knowing. Pastor Joe, I'm not Pentecostal. No, but you were affected by Pentecost. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it a little bit this morning. But How many people knows that if it weren't for Jesus, you wouldn't be where you are? I wouldn't be where I am this morning if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for his spirit. I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be a drug addict or a drunk or a whoremonger, which is what I was. I don't know what I would be doing, but I know I wouldn't be here. I'm so thankful for that. Miss B, if you want to take the youth this morning, we're going to dismiss them. If you want to go, youth class is going to be taken right now. So let's give them our children. I call them youth, but our children. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. Awesome. Cool. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 16. We were in Leviticus chapter 16 last week, and we have started a new sermon series called Coal Mining for Purpose. Coal mining for purpose. And so how many people know that you are here on purpose? There's a purpose for your life. You're not a mistake. You're not here by chance. There is purpose for your life. And just like coal has to be mined out of the ground, purpose has to be dug up has to be understood and then what applied and so if you don't know what your purpose is you can't work out your purpose you can't be in purpose and you can't be on purpose right last week we talked about the value of coal, and what we're doing here in this sermon series is we're taking places where coals found in the scriptures, we're correlating it with our spiritual walk, right? And so I want you to know this this morning. If you wasn't here last week, I don't want to recap, spend a lot of time recapping it. We do have it on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's on uh, it's on podcasts. We've got all kinds of ways for you to go back and hear all these sermons. But I want you to know this this morning: you are valuable to the Lord. Everybody in this room. God holds you with value. And where did we say that beauty was in? It was in the eye of the beholder, right? Well, value is the same way. It's in the eye of the beholder. And we discussed the value of coal last week. And we're going to return to the same passage of Scripture that we was in last week in Leviticus chapter 16. And we're going to read out of that. But before we do, I want to ask you this question. How many people's ever stood by a fire? Anybody ever stood by a fire? If you haven't. We're going to make that happen before the end of the year, okay? But the truth is, is that we were at, uh, last night, my wife and I, I want to, I got to pause here. I got to be a husband for a second, if that's okay, right? Tomorrow is mine and my beautiful wife's eight-year anniversary. And um, I know, thank the Lord. She put up with me for this long. Hopefully, she'll content. She's a great woman. The Bible says, when you found a wife, you found yourself a good thing. And she's my good thing. And I like to tell her that. But we went away this weekend, Friday night and Saturday night, and we spent some time together, just the two of us. Didn't have any agenda, and so last night we found ourselves in Pigeon Forge, and there's a place in Pigeon Forge where there's this huge swing that they call the monster, but they've got it set up where they have all these cool different things. There's like cornhole and huge checkers and chess boards and we went and got this milkshake that was in a mason jar and there was cookies sticking out of it and stuff and we're sitting here and we wound up by a fire pit. And so we're sitting there and it was a great evening last night. It was real it was just cool, the breeze was blowing, the fire was there. There's kids laughing in the background, music going on and stuff and it was awesome. But every now and then, when the wind would whip just right, I would feel the heat from the fire. And if you've ever been near a fire, ever, in your life, you feel the heat on your face. You could feel the presence of the fire. You may be roasted hot dogs, right? S'mores, maybe. Marshmallows. But the truth is, is when you are near something that burns, you cannot walk away without knowing that you were once near it. It's inevitable. If you get near something that burns, you'll either A, walk away smelling like smoke, right? Or maybe you got a little too hot and you singed your arm hairs, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> funny story real quick. This wasn't in my notes, but I want to share it with you because I think it's funny. So my, my grandmother bought me a brand new pair of corduroy pants when I was a kid. And we had one of those Mr. Heaters. Y'all already know where I'm going, right? So as a kid, I I loved getting near the Mr. Heater and just warming up. And I was standing there, and I was like, man, I smell marshmallows. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? I smell marshmallows. And what had happened is I had burnt the backside of my brand-new corduroy pants that my grandmother bought me. She was mad I was not in good shape after that happened. But the truth is, is you can't get near fire without it affecting you. Let's look at Leviticus Chapter 16 this morning. We're going to start in verse number 3. Last week we talked about how this was on the day of atonement when one person would get to go into the presence of God one time a year. And it was the priest. And he's talking to Aaron here and it tells us what's going on. Aaron is to enter into the most holy place in this way. With a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burn offering. He is to wear a holy linen tunic and linen undergarments. Are to be found on his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and wrap his head with a linen turban. Those are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burn offering. And Aaron will present the bull for the sin offering and make atonement for himself and his household. Next, he will take the two goats and place them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. After Aaron cast lots for the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for an inhabitable place, he is to present the goat chosen by the lot for the Lord as a sacrifice. It is a sin offering. But the goat chosen for a lot, uh, by lot for an uninhabitable place is to be presented alive before the Lord, to make atonement with it by sending it into the wilderness for an uninhabitable place. Remember last week when we talked about a scapegoat, how the scapegoat, Man, that's a great... If you, I'm telling you, if you didn't hear last week's sermon, go back and listen to it. Not because I was the one that preached it, just because there's such good truth and revelation in that. You know, we've all needed a scapegoat, and he was our scapegoat. Amen? All right, anyway. Then, this is where we're going to get to today. Verse 12. Then he is to take a fire pan full of blazing, what's the word? Coals. Where is he taking them from? From the altar. Before the Lord. So he's taken the hot burning coals from the altar into the presence of the Lord. And two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense. And he's supposed to bring them inside the curtain. He's to put the incense on the fire before the Lord. So that the cloud of incense covers the mercy seat. That is over the testimony. Or else he will die. Let's pray. Lord, right now we just ask you, God, that you'll take this sermon. You'll use it. You'll open up our hearts Till back our hearts God plant the seeds Lord deep in our spirit And let it grow And let it manifest What you want it to manifest And we ask this In the name of Jesus Amen Amen So if you don't understand What's going on In Levitical stories It sounds weird Doesn't it It sounds strange You're going to take two goats You're going to kill these goats You're going to sprinkle blood everywhere Or you're going to take this fire pan You're going to put incense on it And smoke's going to be rising up And stuff It sounds so strange to us Because we don't Do those practices now. And so with it being strange, sometimes we we miss the importance of what's going on in these passages of Scripture. But again, this is the Day of Atonement. So right now we're talking about something that took place in the middle of the Jewish Scripture, which we call the Torah is the book called Leviticus right in the middle of Leviticus is called uh, chapter 16 which is the day of atonement and then right in the middle of this passage of Scripture we find something that absolutely blows my mind a piece of coal that's found on an altar that's taken to the presence of the Lord okay and we talked about that a little bit last week but this week we're gonna dive into it a little bit deeper okay so here's the thing the probably the most understood and noted attribute about coal is this it burns if you know anything about coal the first thing you're going to think of unless you worked in the coal mines if you worked in the coal mines the first thing you're going to think of is money because that's how you made your money right but if you know anything about coal to the common user it burns it has an ability to burn and this ability to burn, it, it, it happens under the right circumstances, right? If the, element, if the elements are correct, the coal will burn, and then it will eventually carry a glow to it, and we call it an ember. But the crazy thing about that is, is coal just doesn't burn. I want you to know this. It just doesn't burn. It burns hot. It burns extremely hot. Matter of fact... Uh, charcoal can burn at temperatures exceeding 1100 degrees Celsius which is 2010 degrees Fahrenheit that is hot (laughs) that is hot and it when it burns it burns come on somebody reminded me of a story when I was a kid I used to have this neighbor named Frank and Frank was this old guy who would sit on the back porch smoke cigarettes all day And who obviously didn't care to have the company of a five or six-year-old obnoxious little boy come down and hold conversation with him. But I would be playing outside and I would wait for Frank to come out back. And he would every day. And so finally, you know, when he came out, I'd go down and I'd spend time with Frank. And I loved this man. I don't know why, but I just had this weird relationship with my neighbor. And I loved this man. And I trusted this man. And one day... He, uh, he was smoking his cigarette, you know, and he got down to the end of it, and he flicked it out in the yard, and he said, hey, Joe, go step on that. Me being the kid who loved Frank and trusted Frank took my little barefoot self over there and stomped on that cigarette butt. You're talking about lighting me up. And, and I didn't know because, and I was mad at him because he told me to do it. I was like, you, hurt, you made me hurt myself. And so I ran up to the top of the house and my mom got involved and stuff. And it, it turned out okay. But I said that to say this, is if that little ember of tobacco can cause damage to me, coal that burns has a way that it can impact something much greater. It can impact something. If that little bit of ash can burn me like that, imagine the effect that would happen if someone laid hold of a hot coal. Right? And again, we're drawing comparisons to our spiritual lives from coal and where we find it in the scriptures. And if coal can burn in the scriptures, we can burn as well. I'm going to say it again. If coal can burn in the Scriptures, we can burn as well. Not only can we burn, but we are designed, listen to this, to carry the fire of God on our lives. Every single one of us. And when you're hot, you're hot, right? And when you're not, you're not. Y'all ever heard that song? <laughs> I'll throw out a reference that you'll grab. What, you'll know at least one of my references, I promise. But the big question is this, if I have the capability of burning for the Lord, if I can do it, the question is, how do I do it? If I can carry the fire of God on my life, and I want to carry the fire of God on my life, how do I do it? Well, the answer is found in this passage of scripture here that we just read. And it's verse 12. Then he is to take a firepan full of blazing coals from where? The altar. So, with that being said, if you want to burn, be found on the altar. If you want to carry the fire of God in your life, be found on the altar. As long as coals were placed on the altar, they would burn. Think about it. Have you ever been to Walmart, walking down the the aisle there in Walmart in the barbecue section, and there's just an abundance of bags of coal, all kinds of coal, right? Easy light charcoal, the devil's kind that's not easy to light, you know what I'm saying? Like, Have you ever bought the, the, the kind that's not easy to light and you're trying to light that stuff? Man, it's awful. But all of these bags of coal just laying there, why aren't they burning? They have the ability to burn. They were designed to burn. But why aren't they burning? The reason why they're not burning is because they, the surroundings that they're in hasn't produced the fire for them. I'm going to say it again. The reason why all of that coal isn't up in flame is because they've yet to be introduced to flame. This is so good. The coal burns because of its surroundings. But if it's ever removed from the altar... If you ever take a coal out of a grill and just lay it there, what happens? Its heat is limited. Its impact is temporary. Its lifespan is short. And it will wind up inevitably cold. I'm going to say it again. If they took the coal off the altar or you take a coal or an ember out of a fire... The lifespan is temporary its impact is temporary and it will wind up inevitably cold and cold coal is unfruitful coal it's unfruitful coal if cold coal is unfruitful I love this then burning coal has power remember we're making this comparison I'm not just talking about coal for the sake of talking about coal. I'm talking about coal because we can find ourselves in this parallel of Scripture. We can find ourselves here. And if we're cold, we're unfruitful. We're unproductive. We're not going to get anything done. But if we are found on an altar and we're constantly being fed fire, then we're going to have power. I was looking up the definition of the word ember because I wanted to make sure that I was talking about the correct thing. And I saw this little tiny statement underneath the definition and I was like, oh, I need to add that because it said, never leave a fire unattended. Why? Because just one ember can ignite a house. One ember can ignite a house. One hot, on fire coal can burn down a house. Can burn it down. Your posture will determine your temperature. That's tweetable. If you want to put that on Facebook, that's good. Your posture will determine your temperature. Where you're found will determine how hot you burn. I asked a friend of mine one time when I was young, I, I met this guy, and, and I asked him because he was always just like, I thought him and Jesus were like best friends. And I was like, how are you on fire? I said, how do I stay on fire for God? He said, hang out with people that burn. And it, and it just it, it lit a fire underneath me. Because I, you know I don't know about you, but I want to live such a godly life. And I don't know about you, but I fail every single day. But the truth is, is the hotter I want to burn, my posture determines that. My posture determines that. You can always tell when someone's on fire for God. Can't you? You can always tell. And you can always tell when someone's fire dwindles. You can. You can see it. You can see it. You can see it. And the reason why we can tell that someone's on fire for God is because he's the most important thing. He is the focal point of life. He is their source of strength. Come on, somebody. He is their source of joy. And if you live your life on an altar, the altar of prayer, if you'll hang out there for a while, you'll catch fire. I don't know about you, but there's times I find myself lacking prayer. And because I lack prayer in my life, I lack lack fire. And there's times that I, I don't find myself on the altar of repentance. And because I lack repentance in my life, I lack fire. And because I lack fire, I lack power. There's times that I don't find myself on an altar of praise or of thankfulness or of gratitude. And I find myself in a posture where I'm beginning to lose fire and power in my life. But if you find yourself on an altar of prayer, an altar of repentance, an altar of thankfulness and gratitude, you will burn and you will burn with holy fire. But this fire is not a self-produced fire. It's not a self-produced fire. Have you ever heard of the term burnout? (laughs) If you've ever been in ministry long enough, you'll hear people use that. It's like a super spiritual way of saying I quit. Okay? And so what happens is, is people in ministry will walk up, I just, I can't do it anymore. I'm burned out. And what that means, you know, how I'm getting ready to tell you how to avoid burnout. Are you ready for this? Here's how you avoid burnout in whatever you do. If you burn out, you have been providing the source of fire for yourself the entire time. That's why we burn out. We try to do it ourselves. But this fire is not self-sustained. Hear me this morning. If you find yourself lacking, it's because you're trying to sustain your fire. And I, I, I've done it before. I've been in places before where I'm like, Jesus, I just want to, you know. And and I've I used to say this all the time. It's not so much true anymore. But at, at one point in my life, I used to quit every night. <laughs> That's it. I quit. Yeah, I'd look at my wife and I'd be like, I'm done. I quit. I'm just done. And she's like, okay. Then I'd get up in the morning, and I'd do it again. <laughs> I work all day long. You know, ministry would happen, church would happen, life would happen, everything would happen, people would call you, carry on, and then by the end of the night, I'm done. I quit. (laughs) I wake up the next morning and do it again. But it ain't like that now because you know why I was getting burned out? I was I was sustaining my own fire. It's kind of like people who come up in church and say, Well, that pastor ain't feeding me no more. What? Are you a toddler? Can't you pick up a fork and eat yourself? Come on, my son's almost two years old and he can feed himself. <laughs> but the truth is, is that we find ourselves lacking because we sustain our, the fire ourselves. There's a scripture in Matthew 3, 10 through 12 that says this. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And this is, this is John the Baptist that's talking. He said, therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is what he said, verse number 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who's coming after me is more powerful than I. Come on. I am not worthy to even remove his sandals. He himself, hear that, he himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? Fire. Do you know what that means? The source of our burning is Jesus. Jesus. The source of our strength is Jesus. The source of our power is Jesus. He even made this statement himself in Luke 12 and 49. I came to bring fire to the earth. And he said, and I wish it were already set ablaze. Come on, somebody. Jesus, and I, you know, I used to be, like I said, Pentecost kind of freaked me out kind of bothered me because I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it, right? But the gift of the Holy Spirit is a literally an outpouring of Christ's spirit on his people. The gift of the fire that Jesus is talking about here is to purge ungodliness from our lives. You know, I've been in a lot of circles before, charismatic circles, I've been in non-charismatic circles, I've been in different types of settings, and one of my favorite things that I used to see all the time with people would misuse this, and they'd be like, Fire, you know. And 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 they would expect someone to respond in a way, a certain type of way, but what I've learned is, is that whenever I call on the fire of the Lord, it's to purge out my ungodliness. Come on, somebody. We don't like the fire. We like the thought of power. We like the thought of Holy Ghost movement. We like the thought of of people coming. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I can't wait for the day that we come in here and worship just erupts and Pastor Joe don't have to preach. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. And it will happen. However, comma, it's not going to be the focal point of what we do. The focal point is to allow God to come in And change us so we can go out and show others that we've been changed. Right? And they're going to ask us, how? How have you been changed? Why are you different than I am? How do you act different? I had one of the greatest compliments that I could have ever received this week. i done a a termite installation job for work, right? And so back and forth, we uh, we were talking through email. And the lady said, I knew you was a Christian. I said, how did you know? <laughs> you know, and, I, and she said, because there's just a different vibe that Christians put off. I never said nothing about Jesus, but she knew. She said, it's good. She said, I'm one too. She said, it was great to f- see another one in the wild. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because we never once talked about church. We didn't say nothing about church. But however, when you carry a mark of burning, come on somebody. People will see it. And people will know it. But I want to make a couple things clear this morning to us. A life on the altar makes room for the Holy Spirit. A lot of us, and I've said this before, a lot of us are okay with God because we want a Father. A lot of us are okay with Jesus because we want a Savior. But a lot of us are not okay with the Holy Spirit because He makes us change. I'm going to say it again. A lot of us want God because we want a Father. He's Abba. A lot of us are okay with Jesus because we need a Savior. But a lot of us don't want the Holy Spirit in our lives because He provokes us to change. And when we burn, we give way to His change. Have you ever noticed that whenever a coal has been burning for a substantial amount of time, its form changes? It looks different. Come on, somebody. But I want to make this preface, I want to to make this point, I want to preface this point. The Holy Spirit is not a thing, it's not an it, the Holy Spirit is a person. And when we look at God and we say, Lord, send the Spirit, we're literally saying, God send the one that empowered Christ to come and empower us. And the Bible says that very same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you and it dwells inside of me. And as a living sacrifice, offering for God to take our lives. When we lay our lives on the altar, we're saying, Lord, take me, empty me, and then fill me with you. That's what it means. And I'm going to say this. That's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See... The, the, the Greek word is baptizo, which means to submerge. And so if we're baptized, if I baptize you naturally, I'm going to take you and I'm going to dunk you underwater, just like an Oreo and a glass of milk. Come on, somebody. I'm going to submerge you, right? But when we get to the point that we want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we allow the Spirit of God to fill us up so much that it begins to flow over And then immerses our body, come on somebody, in the Spirit. And that's what that means to be filled with the Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, okay, again, if you're afraid of Pentecost, I'm going to tell you that's absolutely insane to be afraid of that word. If that word gives you chills, if you've weirded out by it, there's no reason why. You ready? I'm going to ask you a word and you tell me if it makes you feel weird, okay? Here we go. Fifty. Unless it's close to your age... (laughs) That shouldn't bother you. That's what Pentecost means. 50. It was exactly 50 days after the Passover and the death of Jesus Christ. It was a celebration that they would do every year. Actually, the seventh week was 50th. On the 49th day, they would go into celebration. And on the 50th day, they would do all these types of rituals. And they would do it, right? Some of you all probably didn't know that. Right? And so when we hear the word Pentecost, for the longest time, people just associate that with people speaking in tongues. Acting crazy. Right? Come on. Holy Ghost. Woo! You know, but the truth is, is it's deeper. So 50 days after Jesus died on the cross for our lives, the Bible says that some people gathered in an upper room, and they begin to what? Pray. And wait. Kind of sounds to me like they were on an altar. Hmm. Then the Bible says that the Spirit fell on them. And what appeared above their heads? Fire. Peculiar, right? (laughs) He said, I'm going to pour my Spirit on you and you will burn. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And I want you to know that just was—it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. 2,021 years later, we have the same access to the same Holy Spirit that was poured out on them that day. And He wants to submerge us in His Spirit, and He wants to light us ablaze and send us out into a dry, desolate world. Come on, somebody. Yes. Let me ask you this. Did you know we can live victoriously? I, I, I have a pet peeve, if I'm honest with you this morning. This is Pastor Joe's pet peeve. I cannot stand a victim mentality. Can't stand it. Cannot stand it. And the reason why is because just because you had a bad ten minutes doesn't mean your whole day is ruined. Just because you had something that happened to you in your life doesn't mean that that determines the rest of your life. Get up. Move forward. We're victorious. We have Christ in our lives. And we have power in our lives. And if the grave couldn't hold Jesus, 30 minutes in your day isn't going to destroy you. Come on, somebody. We are to live victoriously. We are to live empowered. And when we live victorious and we live empowered, we can walk into dry places and we can tell them about his goodness and we can live like we're on fire. Let me ask you this. Have you ever followed an ice truck anywhere? Ice truck. Never. But have you been curious where fire trucks are going? There's a fire over there. There's something going on over there. If you're, anything, if you're anything like my wife, whenever we see emergency vehicles, she wants to know what's going on. She turns into Nosy McNoserson right there. And she's like, there's been times she'd be like, honey, can we go back? Yeah, let's go back. And I'll whip the car around and we'll drive through again, creeping. You know, rubbernecking. Because we want to know what's going on. Let me tell you this. When you burn, people want to know what's going on. But if you're producing icicles... No. Why? Because you're just like them. You're not any different. You're not any different. Come on, somebody. The truth is this morning is that we are all in one of these places. We're either A, living our life on an altar, and we're burning, or B, we're cold. Are you willing to come with grips With the reality today that you may not be where you want to be with God, or you may not burn like you once burned, or you may not have the power that you used to carry. Come on, somebody. Are you on fire? Here's the thing about something that's on fire when you set something on fire near something else, what happens to that? Catches on fire. Remember a single ember. From a fire can burn a whole house down. With that being said, there's no reason this church should be dry. There's no reason this church should be cold. There's no reason this church shouldn't have the power of the Holy Spirit living within it. And the reason why is because is if you are where you're supposed to be and I'm where I'm supposed to be or at least we're working on it, the power of the Holy Spirit can rest here and then it will set this place on fire. Come on somebody. You know, I've had people tell me before, my church is dry, and I'm like, great. That's awesome. Why? Because one person with fire that comes in there, it will burn it to the ground. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But are we where we need to be? Are we burning like we need to burn? Are we on an altar Are we sacrificing ourselves saying, Lord, just take me, use me? Do we feel the burn like we're supposed to feel the burn? And I want you to, this is not just a good cliche sermon this morning. This is not just something that, you know, we've had a lot of great moments through this sermon where people have been like, yes, yeah, that's great, great word and I don't want you to have those types of encounters and walk out here living the exact same way you did when you walked in and the reason why is is because I can shout I can clap I can hoop I can I can do church by myself I don't need you here to do church I can pray for myself I can lay hands on myself I'll fall over by myself and cover myself up I don't need you to do church but the reason we come is so we can change And we can grow, and we can prosper. And when people see us, there's something different about you. What is it? Tell me. And all we can say is, "I'm on fire." I've got Jesus in my life. I've got the Spirit in my life. I'm radically changed. I'm not what I used to be. And I'm ever changing. And I'm ever growing. And I'm ever burning. Come on, I want to. I want to burn from now until the day I die. And I hope when people get around the fire that's in my life that they can't walk away but being changed. They can't walk away without smelling the smoke of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Without experiencing the heat of the flames. Without experiencing something in my life. Is it because of me? No. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. He's that source. Come on. If you will, let's bow our heads and close our eyes real quick this morning.